Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, Shane Todd. Big episode, another guest this week, doing two guest episodes this week. And then next week, we'll be back to normal of one guest episode and one of just my big fat face. Before we go any further, let me plug two things. Number one, patreon.com slash Tea With Me podcast, where you get a bonus episode every week. My stand-up special from last year, John. You know this by now. We'll do the live episode once a month. I'm too warm in this. I think I'm going to faint. Christ. Um, so that's patreon.com slash Tea With Me podcast, where you get all that extra content. And a lot of people go on, on the video podcast while you're matching green and blue. But hey, I think that's what we have to do to move this part of the world forward. So patreon.com slash Tea With Me podcast. We're also delighted to say that we are sponsored by JubeJube Sweets. JubeJubes. Now, JubeJubes is obviously very fun to say, and they're a very fun company. They, they make bespoke sweets. They bring you bespoke sweets. And if you want to be American, because everything's American this week, you would say candy. JubeJubes.com. We put the link in the bio. And let me just say, it's sweets that you wouldn't expect. You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at the website now, I can see almond toffee and sea salt and milk chocolate. I'm seeing amaretto cherry gummies. You know, it's a very middle-class snack, but I don't think Jube Jubes make you fill out a class worm on here, so I think anybody could get it. Billionaire's milk chocolate, blueberry and raspberry gummy candy, caramel chocolate buttons, candy floss popcorn. And by the way, we had a little bit of a soiree in the office. Not like a house party, Jesus Christ. I just mean me, producer Dan, and Big Mike were socially distanced. We had the masks on, but we may have slipped a few of Jube Jube sweets under our mask and into our, into our tummies. That might have happened, and it might have been delicious, and it might have been a great time. They're on all social media. Jube Jubes, it's a new company. They're sending, they're sending, name a, they're sending sweets all around the place, essentially, is what they're doing. So check that out. And a good way to accompany your cup of tea to listen to this podcast. Let us get on with this episode. My guest, let's just bring him on. You guys know him by now. He's a regular fixture on this podcast. There he is. Raise Ladies and gentlemen, raise the roof. My guest, raise the roof and listen to the rest of this alfresco because my guest is the raging Caucasian himself, mm-hmm. Mr. Aaron Butler. Uh, you, yeah. Your setup isn't your usual kind of setup. You look like you're... Um, I don't know. You look like you're in, you're you look like you're in a waiting room about to get um, some sort of strange surgery. No, do you know what I look like? I look like I'm about to do like I'm about to record like an induction video for a cult. You know, like this is your is your opening package, and I like sort of tell you all the ins and outs of everything going on. But look, it's it's just my room. That's all it is. Genuinely, you. I mean, this in the best possible way. You you could easily be signed up for a cult. 100% like I could see you I could see I could see some guy doing like <laughs> this is how you'll die right <laughs> some guy will start a cult why does it have to be a guy <laughs> okay I, I, uh, some some woman will start a cult a couple a guy and a girl a guy and a girl will start a cult they will have like thousands of followers you will be one they will do like a big like you know like that thing where they all drink the poison uh-huh and they obviously meant that as a joke, but you will be the one guy that doesn't realize it's a joke and drinks the poison. Joke's on me. 
that's how, <laughs> that's how you're gonna go and i don't know why but if it's a man and woman who own the cult it's bound to be some sort of weird sex cult and that's how you're gonna die <laughs> you're gonna be poisoned with your pants around your ankles <laughs> and that's the way i want it to be all right if there's a way i die that's that's exactly i'll, I'll die happy oh man i mean mm, could you see enjoyable. yourself joining a cult like do you think i'd have just because like lockdown people are bored all that kind of thing like do you could you see yourself like getting into something weird like that no i can't like here's the reason why i'd say no because i'm like no religion appeals to me i think if you're a person that religion appeals to you you're definitely more susceptible to being in like some sort of cult now would i join one as like a wee like a if they're all like, oh, we're all having mad freaky sex, but you have to kill yourself then, I'd be like, oh, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm part, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to die. Send me to Allah, and then I'm all like, oh, come on, and then here we go. Exactly. <laughs> well, you're I'm talking there. about like susceptible but then again i don't know if you're comfortable with me sending this podcast but i think you just spent 200 pound a pokemon card so let's not talk about how susceptible you are hey brother now you know you know when i come on to this podcast okay i like to give the listeners a little bit of some nuggets i had to give them nuggets okay because look as you said it's a lockdown and every time i come on here i give them a bit of investment advice you know last time i said get some power ranger helmets get some like vintage toys collect those like don't go for bitcoin don't go for any of that silly stuff this is look at this right here so what i got in my hand right here there's 20 you know, quid you know what i like the two money saving experts in the uk are you and martin <laughs> my mom martin lewis <laughs> and martin lewis is like listen put it in isis uh, join a credit union and you isis like, put it in isis <laughs> yeah, Whoa. Martin, yeah martin lewis has a hidden agenda <laughs> yeah he's like you know put it, put it in bonds put it in, in long-term investments and you're like listen uh, get yourself a lightsaber and you'll be all right <laughs> you spent over lockdown you spent 200 pound of pokemon cards so i'll tell you the story i spent yeah i spent 250 pound on two boxes of pokemon cards those boxes each are now worth a grand or no not each side together they're now worth a grand um and it was a solid now i opened one of the boxes and in one of the boxes was five charizards okay now that might i, that I might don't know, know what that is it doesn't mean that doesn't oh, mean anything oh me. boy you're gonna want to and i tell you okay the uh, the charizard cards are the most valuable cards in pokemon this one in particular if it gets graded a 10 is worth six grand probably can't see it there what do you mean if it gets graded a 10 by who so there's a company called PSA who are the official graders of Pokemon cards. They give your card a 10. Look, hey, I've, it's been a busy few weeks since I've last chatted to you, my brother. So okay? you've been, but you need this company to basically say to you, like, that's 10? Yeah, now look, if it gets a 9, you're still talking 1 or 2 grand. If it gets an 8, you're talking maybe about five, 600. See, when you say this is worth 6 grand, who the fuck is paying? Who would pay that for that card? You. You. <laughs> I mean, I've answered my own question. <laughs> no, dickheads would do it because fucking. Here's the thing: I'm smart about it. What I'm what I'm saying is this, right? I understand people like buying and trading cards, all that kind of thing. Totally get it. I love nothing more than opening up a pack of football Premier League stickers. Premier League stickers. I was going to say you are a Premier League sticker yeah. boy. Yeah, not no, not anymore. I'm a 32 year old man who only. Oh, you would still do. You, I'm telling you, I see, I if, see if, if if your wife for Christmas this year. Got you a Premier League sticker book with like 20 packets, you'd lose your mind. Guaranteed. 
Well, yeah, then I'm in. That's why anytime <laughs> you buy, like, you know, anytime you see a newspaper giving away the World Cup sticker album, yes, I'll, I'll do it. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's okay. But the only thing we... is, you can't trade cards. It's, it, it's not uh, as easy to trade cards because, you know, you know what I mean? You've got to do that thing of, like, you know, you've got to buy a plain white shirt and black trousers and Tesco's. Uh, you've got to buy black shoes. You've you got to you gotta crouch and you've got to go into schools, into the playground and be like, Psst, here in the bushes and the kids like what are you gonna do i'm like i'm, I'm gonna swap you a neymar for a danny Alves. is what i'm gonna do <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully that's not code for it some people are like yeah, I can't believe you said swap a neymar you don't want to know what that means um but yeah uh, i mean that would definitely what is <laughs> there's definitely a sketch in that of a of a guy who just completely looks like a pedo and they're like what are you doing in there <laughs> God, yeah, God, God, Nate, Nate, what? Um, <laughs> uh, you can be in that one. <laughs> yeah. Nah, you remember we no. did that sketch? Um, not about pedophiles. Remember we did that sketch? Me, you, and Aaron McCann about oh, Pokemon, Pokemon Go. That was a brilliant sketch. That that got a lot of good hits as well, and people were like, "Yeah, that was that was good fun." It's it's crazy. It was like a real life Pikachu. Remember? Yeah, and he was like just playing it like a real straight man, but all we would hear is like him going pika pika. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah that that was enjoyable. But yeah, that's it's it's the craziest franchise because like I'm not like into it or anything. I like collecting these cards because they're worth money, and I like money. But the like over twenty years, it's like apparently one of the biggest franchises still in the world, like bigger than like Star Wars and Avengers and all these ones. Like it's it's massive, massive money. So here's the thing. So. I I am obviously like slagging you for liking Pokemon, all that kind of thing. But I gotta be honest with you, if you're asking the question, have I bought Pokemon cards before? The answer is yes. But really, let me prefix it with this. All right. I was in Mallorca on a family holiday whenever I was. <laughs> I remember what this. Age would, what age would Pokemon have been peak? Would we have been like about 13? 11, 12, 12, 13 for you? Yeah. Eleven. Okay, twelve, thirteen. Um, and I was in Mallorca. And you know one of the like tat shops, you know a shop that sells sun cream towels, Lay's crisps, and and like some toys. I was in yep. one of those shops. Uh, also, that reminds me of on my stag do whenever Dave was a little bit upset because his first daughter <laughs> Holly had not been born that that long after him going away, and he was a bit upset. And we were all drunk, and I took him to one of those shops and bought him a, a baby doll. And then as a joke, because I was like, "This will cheer you up." This terrifying haunting plastic doll will in some way replace your daughter and then i gave it to dave because he was missing his daughter and then he just carried it about and we were in bcm nightclub and dj sammy was playing and dave was just standing on the dance floor <laughs> cradling a 10 euro baby but i'll, I'll tell I, you a better part of that the fact that i was away from you guys that part of the night and then the next hmm? morning the next the next the next morning i obviously didn't see the transaction of the baby i go into dave's room to check up on him and he's lying in bed with this wee plastic doll in his hand and i just looked and went that must have been a mad night i don't know what happened and i don't want to know dave was so fucked up so fucked up he adopted <laughs> so um so i'm in new york okay and yeah i'm in one of these shops a bit like you, I see this packet of Pokemon cards and I think, you know, Martin Lewis, money saving expert, I'm like, if yep. I buy these, I can sell them for a lot back home because Pokemon cards were, I don't know, two quid or whatever for a pack. Yep. These True. were like the equivalent to 50p. You were talking Pesetas. Like I was going in there loaded with Pesetas. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to call them potatoes, which is very, very, very cute. Uh, yeah. But probably a 12, 13, too old to be doing that. But I, anyway, <laughs> I was going in with like 700 potatoes. And then yeah. Yeah. I bought about 10 packets of these cards. Now, what attracted me to these cards is they were shiny Pokemon cards, all of them. Ah, uh, that's how you know it's fake. Wait, well, tell me, get in a time machine, go back to Miorca in, you know, 2000 and tell me then, because uh, I, Manuel got me in hook, line and sinker. <laughs> I, I went in, I bought all these cards, I put them in my suitcase, got home, went down to the, the estate, White City in Hollywood, armed with dozens of these shiny Pokemon cards. And I just stood in West Green, which is like, used to be a big grass pitch. And just waited. I just stood around the flats and I just waited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all of a sudden, I think a lot of the kids smelt it. They smelt the cards. Oh, no. You know? And, and yeah. they came out. And this guy, I think he was called And he was in his Pokemon cards. And he goes, here, can I buy these off you? And I bought the cards for 50p. And I said, they're yours for five pounds. He makes me a counter offer. This 100% true story. Wow. which I've never told on a podcast, and I haven't told you this bit of it. Um, he said, because I forgot this bit of it until now, he goes, oh, I don't have a fiver, but I'll swap you it for a wrestling figure. And oh, I'm no. thinking, okay, okay, I'm open to offers, because then I can maybe flip the wrestling figure, sell that for some potatoes. So he, com- <laughs> he comes out with the wrestler Viscera. Oh, no. Remember? Big fat black guy oh, in a yep. leather jacket. Yep, yep, Bla- Black Dave. <laughs> And he comes out. <laughs> he comes out, and he goes, uh, "Here, here's Viscera." So I take it. He, he gave me Viscera on two pound fifty. I make my way off. This guy's uncle was. I have to beat this. This guy's uncle, I think, was was. Let's just say, in the adult bad boy scouts. If you, if you know, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I can get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think he met up with a bunch of other guys mm-hmm. um, for activities that wouldn't have necessarily been not shooting people. So um, he, the uncle then basically came out to me and went with a gun. These are, these are fake. And I said, they're actually not. Cause I bought them in a sh- from a shop in New Yorker. And then he just peeled them like a sticker and the shiny bit came off just this cardboard white background or whatever. And I went, ah, and I went, oh, can I get my money back? And he went, no. And just I had to walk on. So I lost all the stickers. Um, I lost my dignity. I lost quite a lot of my kneecap. And uh, ah. and I lost the Pokemon cards. Well, you know, this is, I think that's a good lesson for you, though, to have early on in business. You know what I mean? You learned that, you know, so for example, it's better to do that than to be like 22 years old and, you know, make some sort of misjudgment. Yeah. So I, I think that. Got- I, I got really fucked over in a business deal as well. Oh, of course. I had this Mercedes car in P7 in school. Like, not like, not like, no, not, not yeah. like I was, I was, I wasn't driving in to Strandhill Primary School in the C class. Um, <laughs> I had this wee toy. It was, it was cool. A guy called Ross in my class was in the cars. He liked it. He said, Can I buy that off you? I said, Yes, you can. Again, £2.50 seemed to be the only currency I knew. I was like, £2.50. He bought it off me. I arrive back home that day after school. I have £2.50. My dad goes, where'd you get that? I said, I sold Ross one of my toy cars. My dad, 
made us drive up to his house, which to be fair was only a few streets away, and gave him the money back, and I got the car back, and I was like, "That's lie, because that's just a good deal." You know what I mean? What was what was upsetting your dad about the deal? Did he not like the the value fa- you were getting? I think he I think he fancied the Pell's mum, so he wanted to just go up the house and chat. To Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, which is good going. He went the next day. He's like, "Fucking, you want that back?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just buying and selling every day. So here, do you know how much an original packet then? So if you see if you had a sealed packet. Of original Pokemon cards that cost two pound in ninety nine nine. That's yeah. currently that's currently worth one thousand pound minimum. Minimum. So if somebody had a had a box of if, twenty in their roof space, if you had an original box sealed, so say for example you bought a big box in bulk that was it was I believe it was about seventy five quid back then to buy one. That currently is worth forty grand. Just think, like, surely there's news agents sitting there being like, "Wait, I've checked the, the old storerooms." Yeah, yeah. That well, that's what happens. People now are like searching houses and searching. People are getting in touch with like the old manufacturers who used to make it. And like, if you were a staff member that worked there, they're like hunting you down, being like, "Did you get any of those cards?" Like, did, you know what I mean? It is insane. But look, it's my, all good. My cousin Michael thought he had old star. There, there was a thing on Blue Peter basically years ago saying. If you have all these old Star Wars figures, your original, you know, they're worth X amount of money. And there was a big clamor to go and see what you had. And he thought yeah. he had some up in the roof space, went into his roof space. And, you know, in some roof spaces, you, only, you can only stand in certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, otherwise you're going to go through. Then he went up to his roof space and all I heard was, I got one. And then all of a sudden, he just stood on his, uh, he was up. In, I think he either shouted, like, I got one or I can't find any. And then he fell through the roof. Uh, but onto his bed. This really? Is, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. No one believed the story at the time. He fell through the ceiling, but landed perfectly on his back in his own bed, which was a single bed. You know what I mean? It's not like he ha- he hit a bit of the bed. That sounds very suspect. Uh, one, th- I, I promise you, it's one thousand percent true. How thin was his roof? I mean, uh, that's a that's a question for him. We could find out for next week on the podcast. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, I'd look into that. So, here, you you aren't really a collectible guy, then. You like, I don't think you have like anything that you're like, oh yeah, like collecting these I do. or that. Oh really? Oh, is it, is it like football? Old football chops? No. Uh, football shoes. Undetonated World War Two bombs. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't believe the amount I keep in my shed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I just like I I, I think it's a safe thing because they're from World War Two, so they're not going to go off. But I would, mm. I would actually go run because you know I like to go run and I like a bit of a challenge. I would ah. throw quite a few in like a weighted vest. I would throw quite a few like grenade on detonated grenades and stuff yes. in the Second World War and run around with those. Mm. Um, Don't know if but, that's so that I mean, safe. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Oh, okay. well, it's been okay so far. But uh, and actually, I was talking to some guys on a forum that were into it too. And one <laughs> of the guys, he he just found one and he was carrying it home. And I I haven't spoke to him in a few months now. But actually, uh, he's due to get back to me. But I think mm. he, you know, uh, probably just yeah. a long run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, I'm not really into collecting stuff because I can't like hold things. So if if I knew something I had was like. Like a Pokemon card was really valuable. I just sell it straight away. I don't like the idea right. of collecting. I do collect old football shirts, but that's kind of it. But then I do wear those, so there's nothing I'm really like 
there's nothing I would collect and then just store away. When you collected Premier League stickers, were you the type of person to like, you have to fill the book or yeah. were, yeah, you like, deter, like, did you ever go, I remember they used to do, I think it was at the King's Hall, they used to do the, like the swap, sticker swap place there, is that right, do you know what I mean? So, Kieran Bartlett, who was on the podcast um, this week, but in an older podcast, we did an older team with me, some sippers will remember, we were talking about the Premier League swap shop at King's Hall, which was basically... Mm. It was unreal. Merlin ran it, the people who made the Premier League sticker album. Um, And it was, you would go, they had every sticker in the book and millions of copies of them. And you could swap any of yours for specific ones you needed. And it was towards the end of the book. So everybody went mad for it. Here's the thing. I was in the queue for this and I couldn't contain my excitement to the point where I think I was in P6, where uh, I just projectile vomited in the queue. And my mom was taking me back to the car and on my way back i was all white and like uh, and all frail and on my way back i just i don't know why this sticks out there was people there giving out promotional packs of korean cheese slices and a woman was like do you want some korean cheese and i was like yeah and i just remember going back to the car very faint but with a lot of cheese <laughs> and i remember thinking every cloud i like to think it's fucking I mean, I, I would say it's probably a great thing you don't collect things if that's how your first experience has ended up fucking fro- throwing up with excitement and then eating a belly full of cheese. I like to think you got the little single bits of cheese and we're trying to swap them for stickers. You know what I... Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I'll, tra- like, I'll trade you. The guy's just yeah. really pale. Um, yeah, I've got an extra mature for a burger. <laughs> I, uh, basically, mm. the idea of collecting things now, right? What I mm. would love to... What I like it the people I'm interested in people to collect watches, watch collections. I like seeing right. people's watch collections. Um, My dad has one, yeah. It, what a watch or a watch collection? Collection. Collection. See, I love that. Mm. I find that really interesting. But I I would never justify no matter how much money I was making, like sitting on mm. that much money on just a watch. Like I would I watches really mean nothing to me to the point where like I I, the watch I wear a lot of time is an accurate one that I got in Argos in London for 14 quid. Do you know I'm not a watch guy because the time's on your phone? Is that weird? It's not weird. I mean, you don't. I think in 2020, you don't really need a watch. Like, who needs to know the time that quickly that they can't just get something out of the pocket and look at? Like, who is like, honestly, I need to be able to just slightly turn my wrist to see the time? I don't mm. think anyone, really. So, but I think it is obviously a real uh, nice fashion accessory. See, when I first started wearing watches, I liked wearing big watches because you're high big. Oh, like somewhere between a Casio and and a grandfather clock. <laughs> I liked. <laughs> I remember my. I remember someone got me a fake Bretling watch, but I. Oh. And they, I, I was like, is this real? Because I didn't know Brett. I was like 15 or something. And I was like, is, is this real? And the person who got me, it was like, I don't know. And I went, right. And then I left it in a drawer. And then about six, seven years ago, I took it to a jeweler in, let's just, let's say Belfast, for example. And, uh, and he was and like, those Pokemon cards are fake. <laughs> and so is that watch. <laughs> and, I said, and I said, hold on. I took a bit of Brie out of my pocket and I went, what about this? 
<laughs> so I said to the so uh, yeah, I brought into a jeweler and I said I got given this watch years ago. I don't know if it's real or not. The strap's broken. Mm-hmm. If it's real, can I just get it like repaired? And also, could you value it for me? And the guy was like, uh, "It's not real, and you shouldn't have this because it's a counterfeit watch and stuff." And he was really serious. And I just had to basically back out of the shop and just get away quickly. When he says you can't have it, like. Is that because think, it was stolen? No, I think no, I think it was just fake. But I think his point is like, fake watches are so bad. I don't know. At the end of the day, see people that wear like fake clothes. Like you see a lot of people running about. Be- see if you see a fella running about Belfast in a Stone Island jacket. Mm. It's not real. Yeah, it's not real. Yeah. There's probably three guys in Northern Ireland with Stone Island jackets. Because who can afford who can afford a four hundred pound fucking zip up? Me, Mickey Bartlett, and who's the other one? Karen. Uh, Karen. Yes, we all three own those jackets. Like you know what I mean? Like you can definitely see a fella and be like, I don't know if that is Gucci, mate, because Gucci yeah. is not spelled. There's there's no J in Gucci. You know <laughs> yeah, I mean? there's two C's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, some people look at that and they're like, Oh my god! But that's made in a sweatshop and all, and like that probably comes from like slave labor and i'm like yeah but so does the so does the real one yeah the you know, like uh, fake the, air max okay well so, some people can't afford very very nice expensive trainers so they get mm-hmm. the fake version that are probably made in the same fucking village yep 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 and there's barely any difference between them but nah, but here's what i'm saying would you mm-hmm. wear a fake what about like would you buy a fake rolex would you wear a fake Rolex? And if you did, would you tell people that it was? If they asked, would you tell them it was fake? I mean, if I wore a fake Rolex, yeah, I wouldn't be flaunting around going. As a joke, I'd maybe be like, "Here, check that out." And then whenever they were like, "Oh my god," and I'd be like, "No, there, it's it's only a fake." So I would let the joke happen, and then I'd be like, "But really, it's a fake." But who? Why? Uh, I was going to say, "Why would you wear a fake Rolex?" But then you you made the point that if you can't afford it, you're like, "Here's." A- don't know though like i we probably think a bit differently where it's like we don't associate like i'm trying to think of the best way i think i think what i think what you're about to say is we don't associate um like i i know exactly what you're saying if if you have a rolex i don't care like yes like what like if you're not a sign of success does yeah uh, well not even that but because it kind of is in a way like but although like you get people like it's strange, right? Because perception and social media creates this whole illusion. Like, for example, if you see someone driving a Land Rover, you're like, "Oh my god, they can afford to drive a Land Rover." But what you really don't know is they've taken that out over a three-year lease agreement. They have to hand it back, and they pay two hundred pound a month or whatever, and they don't actually own it. Type thing, you know what I mean? 100%. So then, so then it's kind of come. In a way, it looks like successful, but in some other ways, you got to be skeptical too. But then, what I'm trying, I think the point I'm trying to make is regardless if you have a Rolex where you have a big house, where you have a nice fancy car, doesn't stop you. It, 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 what really comes down to, are you a nice, good person? And that's that, like, they, those items don't define that per se. Yeah. And also a lot of the people who, a lot of like really successful people will not wear like a fancy watch, you know? Us. Yeah. Us. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember, I remember uh, where I had my watch on and, uh, I was at like a party or a bar and I was chatting to people and somebody I know was like, uh, said something about my watch being tacky and was like, you know, we get it. 
you know, you're you fuck it, you you you've got an expensive watch, but to wear that like that and that kind of style is like, are you are you just trying to show people mm. that you've got money? Now it depends what your definition of you've got money is, um. But also, I I just let I just soaked it up. I soaked it up, and the guys like, you know, you you're spending all that money on a watch, and then I just dropped the bomb where I was like, this costs seventy pounds. This is a fossil watch. It just happens to be gold. You know what I mean? And then I think part of I think that stopped me wearing like a flashy type watch, yeah, even nice though it stuff, wasn't yeah. in any way there. Like I think even in this weird conversation, but see with like clothing and stuff, I'm mm. really going towards now no one listens to this podcast for me to talk about fashion. Right. I'm really going towards wearing solid, colored, very basic clothes yeah and like i know i have some very exotic jackets but if i ever like i'm not wearing those it's usually stuff like this jumper where it's just plain because i just can't be arts thinking about all that i'd rather just you know what i mean like whenever i was well maybe not until that long ago i definitely saw or fell victim a bit to things have to be like a brand name you know you know what i mean right 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 like oh, if I, you know i want to have that logo on something or like mm. maybe i could get that and and the more i think about it more like you know i look at stuff with brand names on it and i'm like Ugh. you know like a big gucci i've used gucci in example twice but like some sort of gucci t-shirt or job and don't get me wrong if you're like listen i just love this style then great mm. that i understand that but if you're like i need to have that brand on this i think it just stands out to me. Maybe maybe it's getting older or something. There's just something where I'm like, nah. No, I think it is a bit strange behavior. Like, so I did like a, I, my degree was in marketing and we sort of learned all about that. Like, you know, brands create this sense of you need to have it or you want, you know what I mean? And like fashion brands especially are all about that. Because when you break it down, you know, the material is always the same material. You know what I mean? It's like you're paying for the name and, and cars to an extent too are like that. Because, but, yeah, I just, I don't think, I think we're just not those guys that are like, oh, wouldn't it be great to have this one or that one or whatever? It's just, is it a nice fit? Is it, you know, do I look all right in it? Great. Yeah, it's funny how over time, like as you just get a little bit older, your attitude to so much changes. Well, you mature and you also think, where's the, I mean, especially this year where you're like, where's the wisest things to spend my money on? Like, do, if I spend X amount of money on this, would it be better place buying like a MacBook or something like, oh, if we got a little bit of interruption there, is that? <laughs> baby, baby, not, not by himself, but cleaning his head in here. Live oh. the podcast. Grounded. Oh, dear. Grounded. Be careful, Don't he smile. beat you up. Don't <laughs> smile. Grounded. Until Christmas. I'll have to speak to Santa. Um, yeah, he's four months old today. Happy birthday. Um, yeah, I... I, I... <laughs> I met, I met him uh, I met him for the first time when we last met up a few weeks ago we went for a nice walk and you we yep. introduced to your baby and at what like by, big baby but let's get that out of the way first big guy all right now you at one point you were like hold on I've to feed him here and when you reached into the bag I thought you were going to pull out like two well done steaks I was like I was like this, this baby's gonna fucking have a you full thought, steak dinner here you thought, you thought I was bringing out a boojum <laughs> by the way we what happened there is um, my wife didn't know I was actually recording the podcast at the minute but we do this really funny thing where if someone's like in another room like doing something like fairly important what you do is you like bring the baby quietly up the hall and then 
we just like hold his wee head around the door so it looks like he's, he's peering in and it looks like he's our height and I don't know why but there's nothing funnier in the world to me than that there's nothing funnier it's just like oh, that's hilarious hello uh, yeah I, w- I want to run two things oh. I want to run two things by you here one of which sure. is I want us to look at some moral dilemmas and I want to oh. find out like what kind of people are we oh so, dear this could be this could be cancelled We'll do some listeners' questions, but before we do that, let's just get into this. So I'm going to throw these scenarios at you. I'll do it for myself, and we'll just answer honestly. Okay. You live in a remote village that is being ransacked by a notorious group of people. Mm. Paramilitaries. Mm-hmm. Already dozens of people from your village are brutally killed. You're hiding in a room with 25 people with a baby in your arms. By keeping quiet, your fellow villagers will be able to live. The raiders are coming nearby and oh, your baby, and your baby starts crying uncontrollably. As they come closer, you're put in the dilemma of either brutally killing the child to preserve the lives of yourself and the other people in the room, or otherwise you can let your child cry, give away your location and everyone else in the room and have everyone else in the room murdered. What would you do? So let me break this down. If the baby, if you kill the baby, everyone survives. But if you don't kill the baby, everyone dies. Yeah. So if you kill the baby, everyone survives. If you don't kill the baby, I'm not even mulling this over. (laughs) Everyone, the last words everyone's going to hear are my bad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But what, well, yeah, hold on. You have to do it. I was going to say, what if they just start killing your baby so they can survive but it's it's no nah, that's not the question i think you're gonna die either way so do you want to just be killed by the bad people and and not have that on your hands or yeah i think when it comes down to it let's say for example you did kill the child you then to live the rest of your life knowing you killed your own child and so when it comes down to that i think everyone just has to take a hit yeah, from the n- notorious bad people in the village. Yeah, that's mm. not what. Yeah, yeah. Nobody could. Nobody would. Nobody would be able to just do that and be like, "Thank you, that was a close call." You know what I mean? I hear, um, and that's that, that's coming from me too. The guy who who isn't the big child fan. You're a train conductor, and beyond the distance lies your niece playing on the tracks. I mean, and Huckleberry Todd right next to her, <laughs> flipping flipping coins at her. <laughs> <laughs> you're going too fast and the brake lines have failed completely however there just so happens to be an alternate track but there are seven teenagers on the other track one who's gotten stuck with six others frantically trying to help but are in very close proximity and you have just enough time whether or not to pull a lever and switch tracks what do you do stay on the main tracks and kill your niece or shift to the other track and kill the seven teenagers hey I'm not going to take a breath and just tell you those teenagers <laughs> surely that yeah. i mean it sounds harsh but that's an easy choice yeah i think when it comes down to family they always come first really yeah and like you yeah because you know seven lives but seven people you don't know or one person who is family like well well here here's one that'll change it up a little bit and make it a bit more difficult okay you see a little girl who isn't family and is six years old yeah and you see a group of four teenagers who are like 15 years old uh, it's one of those ones I that's think, tough where if you had said adults it's different but like 
should you say adults you say like okay well they've like got the experience like more of life whereas mm-hmm. somebody younger you know like you never know what where their life's gonna go ah uh, when it's a little girl doesn't it make it so much more difficult like if it was all just so lads you'd be like all right do you maybe just like no joke do you maybe just like close your eyes spin around a couple of times and just pull a lever and be like or do you stay on the track that you're on because if you switch then that is all that is more of a you've made a decision than just staying on the one you are if that makes sense but by not making a decision you're actively making a decision uh, I, 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 I like your idea of making it random and just flipping a coin I think I saved the six year old in the, in the heat of the moment tough luck yeah I, I just flip a coin and whoever gets it gets it okay you're on a cruise line far from land and the ship starts to sink you're now treading water as lifeboats are quickly being filled up Luckily, you're able to find the last lifeboat and get on. There are still two more spots left, but unfortunately, you see people are still in the water. There is an elderly man, a young boy, a sailor who can navigate the sea, a pregnant woman in her second trimester, and a doctor. You're far from the shoreline with no sense of direction where to go. You also feel sick. Which two do you choose? So the elderly man, the young boy, the sailor, the pregnant woman, and the doctor. They're all in the water? Yep. And we're on the ship, and we can save two of them. Yep. Elderly man, pregnant lady, sailor, captain? Young young boy, sailor, and doctor. Look, fuck. If you want to survive, you're going to have to save the sailor, right? Because you can't get back to shore without him. But depends. You know, it's not saying, like, you're going to sink if you don't have someone that can navigate the sea. I think if you're on a cruise line and it's going to sink, then that is going to alert so many Coast Guard type people, no matter where you are in the world, I'm saving the young boy and the pregnant woman. Yeah, pro- I'd probably do the same thing because here's my thinking the sailor has a good knowledge of water. You know what I mean? He probably, you know, even though he's not on a boat, he's probably like, ah, oh, you know, I can float my way back somewhere. Brings, you know, the old, I mean, look, the old man's gone. I'm sorry. He, nah, he's he's, li- he's li- never li- had a chance. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, it's all good. Tell us. <laughs> Tell us where your Pokemon cards are. We collect them. <laughs> and you just float down there. But yeah, I think that was a pretty straightforward one. Yeah, the sailor, like that's probably the best way for him to go. Like I'm sure that's what it would Oh, be. yeah. Um, and the, the doctor, like it, it depends if he's like, oh, I'm a doctor, by the way. You know, oh, no, I don't like that you've said that. But at the same time, do people need medical assistance on the boat? I mean, I think that answer is trying to drag you towards the pregnant woman and the doctor. But like... The pregnant mm. woman has two lives, so already you're safe. The young boy is safe. The sailor has a chance. The doctor and the elderly man, I'm sorry, but like you guys are fucking done. Plus, what if the doctor's not even like a really great doctor? What if he's just like someone that like looks at elbows or something? You know what I mean? Or it's just a real niche sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I'm a doctor. What do you do? Like a Botox? <laughs> um, okay, last one. You're a paramedic who's a week away from marriage. You're called to the scene of an accident. You arrive and are in shock to see your fiancé in the car. Your fiancé is badly hurt. The only thing you can hear him or her say is, I'm very sorry, before he or she is knocked unconscious. Clueless to what they meant, you find another person in the passenger seat and notice a picture of them in a very risque position and realize your fiancé was having an affair with this person. The person's badly hurt will probably die if not given medical attention immediately. 
both are in need of medical attention. You can only save one. Who do you attend to first? Your fiance or the person your fiance is with behind your back? Uh, I mean, the, 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 my immediate brain just goes to the fiance because you've obviously more time invested with them, spent with them. You know, you don't know the whole situation. Uh, can I tell you my answer? Go ahead. I just walk away. <laughs> I think if you do the Hippocratic Oath and the person is going to die, but mm. the fiancé isn't, you kind of are going to have to go to that person. It depends what sort of facial expression he has, you know what I mean? Like if it's your fiancé and if the guy's like, he shows remorse and all, like the way he's lying there. But if he, uh, if he has, a, if he's like this, <laughs> in the pasture seat, you know... <laughs> If he's like, if he's, if he's giggling, you know what I mean? If he's like, oh, you know, yeah. like if, he, if, he, if he has a big cheesy grin on him, you know, uh, he's dead. He's dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, so, I, so I thought both of them were going to die, but if the fiance's not going to die and he, then yeah. yeah, yeah mm-hmm. mm. It depends. Like, what if he, like, what if he, what if he laughs at you and all when you're working on him? He's like, yeah, she loves it. Yeah, he's got a big root knot. You're like, fuck's sake, get that away. Trying, trying, fucking, yeah, he, a, trying to get a vein. He's like, here, don't worry. Plenty of blood pumping through this one. I think uh, I figured out from that that we're both, we're both great guys. Yeah. Oh, if there's one thing, one thing we know is that we're both great, great people. I think we did the right thing. Um, mm. Okay, so we've got questions from a lot of a lot of sippers. Mark McBride, last Great. podcast, my brother said you reminded him of Johan Cruyff. Any chance you, you're related or share football and ability? So, yes, I do look a lot like Johan Cruyff. Aaron, I don't know if you know this. There's a picture of Johan Cruyff in a Barcelona shirt, and we look, I, I, we have the same face. Um, do we share football and ability? I mean, listen, Johan Cruyff is one of the best players of all time. All I've done is score a world-class goal at Seaview, pass former Northern Ireland International and Premier League goalkeeper Alan Blaney um, in front of a packed Seaview uh, set up by Jim Magilton, but uh, killed the ball dead when first touch and then chip, uh, chipped him with a left. Um, but I would say this, I, I, I am very good with the Cruyff turn, ironically. The Cruyff turn would be one of my favourite tricks. and uh, I haven't used it in a while, but I, I have it in the locker I um I, I don't know who Johan Cruyff is, so I tried to Google just to see like a wee photo, and I, I ended up Googling Joan Cruyff. Uh, <laughs> so not quite the same. She's apparently she died in 1940, but uh, oh, that's sad. it probably still looks like you because you look like a lot of people. Yeah, especially like an old woman from 1940. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, do I have any football doppelgangers? No. Daniel Amakachi. Okay, I'll take your word for it. Patrick Quinn says, um, and by the way, Patrick Quinn is is Belfast guy in China, says, um, which one charity would you love to raise money for? An idea could be limited edition merchandise, like it's my duty to please that booty, and if found, please return to the pub, which we talked about recently. What am I like? T-shirts, things like that. That way you raise lots of money and loads of guys will pull very easily. Uh, well, that is true. Like that's, a, that's very much an upside of it because we know that all international players wear T-shirts that say things like, uh, you know, boob inspector and all that kind uh, of stuff. Love Which are, would, I love, would I love to raise money for? I like that we, this may be a cheesy answer, but um, 
I liked it whenever we do the charity gigs and the likes of the limelight when all the comedians get together and we were doing them sort of like four a year, like every couple of months. Um, I like doing them for different. I like doing them for charities, like well-known sort of charities, Marie Curie, that kind of thing. But then also what was so cool about the gigs we were doing is they were for like specific causes for like mm. the family of someone who needed something. So what's so good about that is, listen, obviously anytime you make a donation to a charity, it's, it, it's a massive benefit to them. But whenever it's like an individual or a family who needs something and you're able to be like, here's a hundred percent of the money that always feels great. So like any of the ones we've done have been for fantastic causes. Like there's been none where I'm like, nah, I'm not comfortable about this because this is just for Dave to get, you mm. know, class, like really nice jackets or whatever. Um, <laughs> so there, 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 there's so many charities that we, we, I would like to, and we will, we will do stuff for. Uh, how much would you love to just do one of those like big gigs again with just everyone, just all high, like if social distancing wasn't a thing, just everyone backstage, Aww. like doing what we do, you know, like circle tug and just boys getting the shirts off and just having a, having the time of it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh man, so, so much like, like it's almost weird how for granted we took it, but just, just being able to be in the same room together. Yeah. And I think fingers crossed, I think in December we're going to be able to do obviously socially distance responsible shows, but I think yeah. in December we're going to be able to do stuff. So that, that will be a lot of fun. Fingers crossed. One Flying Irishman says, in old news footage from the 50s and 60s, why do the interviewers and sometimes the people being interviewed put on this weird half posh English, posh English, half Northern Ireland accent? Did they really talk like that back then or was it the 50s version of fake news? Fake news. Um, I think they really did talk like that on TV yeah. and stuff because they, people were probably embarrassed about regional accents and everything mm. you saw on TV was probably like from London posh people from london so eventually when they're like okay you can have local tv channels and all that kind of thing no one probably wants to be you're probably just impersonating the people that you've seen i mean it makes sense to me but like everyone was like yeah we are here in belfast at the <laughs> scene of the crime you know it's, it is like that but i'm sure people didn't actually talk like that but um but yeah whenever i i did the tv show obviously previously which the last episode is on tonight if you're listening to this on Friday or it's on the iPlayer, 10.45, BBC One, um, a lot of the voices were the same. And I mean, that really, in a way, hasn't changed in that people still very much have like newsreader TV voices. Mm, but it's strange I, I in itself. I find that weird. Yeah, because... Yeah. Like, it's you a, know, yeah. when they do the radio news, it's like, uh, welcome to the news at 12.30, blah, 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 da-da-da, da-da-da-da. And I'm like, yeah, I don't understand why that. Like, I what did you freeze on me? No, you're still there. Uh, what I don't understand about it is who, where did it? Not even where did it come from, but who is still the person in charge today? If you ever audition for radio, going, look, this is what it needs to sound like. Like, do they focus group like what Northern Ireland people? The rhythm that we need, you know what I mean? Like, no one ever does something different. Yeah, like no one comes on like. Uh, they were like uh, 12 o'clock it's time for the news on oh, BBC Radio Ulster boop 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 alright bro <laughs> well mate all the traffic on the west links fog and hectic bro <laughs> avoid it the fuck <laughs> 
and whether it's going to be fucking Baltic. And politics of shinners are still fucking it up for fuck's sake. Uh, I would enjoy that. Like, there needs to be a Northern Ireland alternative news that, like, it's just fucking real. Everything's fucked for our Maybach (laughs) Mountain. It's 11 plus of shit. What's, hap- what's happening with Trump and all, mate? That's fucking nuts and all, mate. My dumb's fucking done. Economy's bollocks, fucking cigarettes, 20p anyway, a fucking. Anyway, here's Cecilia Daly will wear. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Mernon says, <sighs> Are there any Northern Ireland brands that Corey Flames would never work with? Yes, obviously, top Insta- in- in- Instagram influencer Corey Flames. Um, mm-hmm. Any brands he wouldn't work with? Um, I don't think so. I think he would he would claim that there are like he would have ethics and maybe mm-hmm. like companies who uh, test products and animals all that kind of thing but then if he's the, the shallow influencer I think like if you were to offer him like double the money like 40 quid for a campaign mm-hmm. I think he would be like yeah no problem we can make that work I think mm-hmm. he would say I'll get back to you and see if we can make it work and then three minutes later <laughs> he'd message you and go we can make it work <laughs> <laughs> Connor Diver, um, big sipper, regular listener of the show, says, "If one of you guys got voted as president, what would two oh. new laws? What would be two new laws you would pass?" So my, let's, my, let's presume yeah. that's president of America. Yeah, my first law would be no one over the age of fifty is allowed to be president. Right, you just want young guys that are capable of, like, you know, walking and not. not yeah, people. Yeah, just someone who doesn't have dementia or someone that doesn't tell you to drink bleach as a medical solution. I think that's a great baseline. Maybe not 50-50, maybe 55-60. Right, right. I mean, anyone who's over that age listening now is like, fuck you, Mr. Butler. But, retire, um, retire, retirement age. So like, okay. if, you're, if you're past retirement age, you're not allowed to be a politician. Well, here's one I'd go for. I don't know how, how this would go down. Um, gay marriage. I have a pretty strong stance on that. Against it? No, compulsory. Yeah, yeah. I want conversion therapy for straight guys. Yep, yep. Percent, just <laughs> like it turns them gay. <laughs> if you, if you, if you've committed like some sort of abusive crime on another sex, like you just get converted to the other sex. Imagine like trolling like real life conversion therapist weirdos and going in and being like. All right, mate, listen, can you work your magic on me? I really need to get this turned around. And the guy's like, don't worry, we'll make you straight. And I'm like, no, I think you got the wrong idea. Yeah, I'm no looking boo-boo. to get in the game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am looking to, I'm looking to convert to, to homosexuality. I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking to invest in the cock market, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> the funniest part about that is if you know what I'm saying, because clearly you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Ball straight. <laughs> oh, instead of stocks and shares, cocks and bears. <laughs> Oh, 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 that was good. Um, <laughs> wow, well, Oren Kane gets in touch and says, Can you judge my house's pumpkins that we made? Um, 
I think they're very good, but they're almost too good to the point where I'm like, you might be a serial killer because they are very good. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. A lot of real, uh, you know, that was time well spent. What I like is you've got four, you've done four and they're all different. You know what I mean? Like they're all traditional pumpkins. But what I like is you've done something a little bit different with all the eyes and the mouths. And yeah, I think really good, man. Enjoy it. Uh, we should have done rape. We should have done rape my pumpkin last my week pumpkin. on the podcast. Um, Bobby C. Wright says, teach us something we didn't know. Um, do you have a fact or anything? Or do you have like something that people wouldn't, wouldn't know? I'll tell you one. Bob Marley. A lot of people say, where is Bob Marley born? Uh, people of oh, Jamaica. Bob Marley was born in Ethiopia. That's interesting. I did not know that. I don't even uh, know if he was for sure, but I think he is. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, maybe fact check that a little bit. I'm trying to think if I know anything that's unique. I don't, I mean, not off the top of my head, but I'm sure I do. Well, you've enlightened us a lot about Pokemon on this episode. That is a big one. Damien McGrain said, do you think the Statue of Liberty and Big Ben would be a good couple? Um, mm, I mean... Not really, because Big Ben's just, it's basically a dildo for her. Yes, and she already like, has one. <laughs> true. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, that thing she holds, yeah. Um, the freedom dildo. I don't know, like the Albert Clock and Big Ben might be more suited, and that's same-sex marriage, so that's what I'm all that's about. That's it, that's a progressive, yep, we're all about progressive relationships. Christy Hunter says, uh, where do you even get or listen to podcasts? Why am I such a tech granny? Um, well, then you probably mm. won't be listening to this on the podcast, if that makes sense. So I don't know why I'm going to answer this, but so I'm, I'd be better just replying to the message. Um, but where do you even get or listen to podcasts? <laughs> the internet. <laughs> I mean, come on right. now, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, that is just a marketing opportunity. Speaking of Corey Flames, that is not a question for the podcast. I got asked, I'm not going to jump the gun with this, but I have been asked about my availability, not that message, about my availability for something. Like, would I be interested in a thing? And mm -hmm. this is so dicky, but I'm going to message you in the comments of this chat. Okay. And say, somebody was like, is this a brand you like? Could we have a chat about it? Oh, okay. Yeah, I see it. And my response was, yes, we could. So I hope to update people on what that is. And if that becomes a thing, I'm retiring from comedy and I'm only focusing on that. Oh, I'm excited for that one more than anything in your career. I think you'll benefit from that as well, my friend. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to see a lot of returns on that one. Jack Chapman says, uh, well, I read this way worse than it was. He said, a petition to hang Boris Johnson from his undies by a flagpole, discuss. I thought this said a, pet a petition to hang Boris Johnson by a flagpole, uh, but by his undies makes it like like the Beano or you know Dennis uh, and Dennis. It's funnier. Um, I mean, for a laugh, for a bit of a prank, is it like a prank? Yeah, is he going to be all like like I don't know enough about politics to be like okay, I get Tory government like or 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 don't want you know kids to have meals, but. You know, I don't. I've never met Boris Johnson. Mm. I can't say I liked a lot of the politics that I've seen from him. But um, yeah, I think if it was like a wedgie type thing and a little bit of fun, and he enjoyed it, yes, uh, sure. I mean, I was going to say I don't think he'll agree to it, but he also does have that side to him where he's like, you know, get a, get a, a wee drink into him. He could get a wee bit like uh, like in his Tory days when he was in college, and they were probably all bucking pigs and all. He's probably like, ah, for it, get me on that flagpole. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Might be a bit of fun. Um, 
I don't know. To start a petition, I don't know. I mean, I don't know at all. I'm not a petition guy. <laughs> uh, I look big fan of Boris over here. He's they're still supplying the self-employment fund. Got a grant, and I am just living on that really at the minute. So keep doing the great work, boys. Oh, is your mate, oh Boris? Oh, a big big fan. So you're you be you be a big Tory guy? I'm only joking. I'm not really because people will come after me and think I'm a dick. Yeah, I'm cutting but, that bit. I'm cutting that bit out of the podcast there. But uh, that bit yeah. you said that you, you're not. Um, <laughs> yeah, I appreciate uh, all the uh, all the questions we got there. And then inevitably, what happens is I put the call for questions out too late, and then people are still sending in questions. But I've stopped recording the podcast, and I just always feel bad whenever that happens. Oh, but uh, but that's just the thing. So, are you doing anything different or out of the ordinary for over the next couple of? weeks or I, I find this like circuit breaker whatever it's called a little bit tougher than the yeah. last one it was always going to be because we had the taste of freedom and then it's getting taken away and then it'll come back again it'll probably get taken away again i think you just have to prepare yourself mentally that like when things do get good just don't get too like oh this is it now you know what i mean and sort of do whatever uh oh the, the, the last wee while i've been getting into my running again which is great because i had like a leg injury for the last like two years and i couldn't really run that much but now it's like fully back to normal so i'm really enjoying just every other day doing a little 5k which is nice um yeah yeah so i've been doing that and oh, it's, it's good fun can i tell you i went for a run yesterday mm-hmm. and um i went to do a new a, a new running route and mm-hmm. um I knew half. I knew near the start. This isn't the way this was described. They may have gone the wrong way, but I thought, I know, I, I know my way around. I'm sure I'll come back to eventually where I meant, meant to go. This is like when me and you got lost in Lisbon looking for McDonald's. Correct. <laughs> Carry that, on. Was, that was your fault. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, but I end. This was way worse. I ran to like a totally different part of Northern Ireland that I did not mean to go to. Um, and I, I meant to go for like eight k run, something like that, nice and easy. I'm I'm like ten k in, and I haven't turned back yet. You know what I mean? So at this point, I like I was like, oh shit, I kind of need to get home. Then I needed to need to go to the loo. Now I'm in the countryside running. I'm in the middle of nowhere, oh, so well. I think right. I'm just gonna I'll just go in a bush or something. It'll be fine. There's nobody about. Yeah. There was one guy who was about 200 meters behind me for the entire run. There was another guy running behind me. And I was like, if I stop in the middle of nowhere, he's going to know what the crack is. He'll recognize me. He works at the Sunday Life, probably at the Sunday World. It'll be a front yeah. page on Sunday. Um, what do I do? So I'm looking at all these bushes and then I'm looking at the leaves and I'm thinking, if I see some nice, big, juicy leaves, we're in business. Mm. but I can only see small leaves or like jaggies and I'll say listen I don't know what you're into personally but I mm. don't like the idea of jaggies in my bum so I started and that's some of that conversion therapy by the way I um, I didn't know what to do and I was like I'm just going to have to go and then I also couldn't run anymore because I was like if I run it's going to make it worse so I had to like walk run walk run waddle walk run walk run and you know what? I made it home and then I went to the toilet and then I realized if it, if I knew what it was going to be, I would have just done it outdoors. You know what I mean? It was like, mm. a, it was like 
I don't, I don't want like going to. I, I think it's weird when people talk about like shitting and stuff. Like a lot of guys, right? Like a lot of talk about that. I don't. But I would say this: if I hadn't known it was going to be that efficient and clean of a job, mm-hmm. I would have just done it and continued my run. Right, right, right. Okay. The, then uh, I'm on the way home. I realize I'm 4k from home at one point. I start running down this road. I've been on the road for like already a couple of miles. There's a road close sign in the distance. I run up to it. There was a one guy, man on it, sitting on a chair with a mask on. And I was like, if he tells me I can't go down here, I'm just going to have to go, all right, mate, I'm going to shit beside you here. Um, and I started running down it. And I went, I said, I meant to say, are pedestrians still allowed down here? But I was under pressure. And I said, oh, uh, by the way, I have big Bluetooth noise cancelling headphones on. And I ran past him and went, are humans allowed down here? <laughs> and he went, <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but you're not because you're a fucking alien because you asked that question um but it was it was a nightmare time so now the moral of the story is go before make sure you before. go and then also bring a wee packet of wet wipes maybe just in case yeah we emergency put it on your little shoulder but, you, but you're an urban runner so you would never be able to do that we mean an urban runner you run in the city no, I, well, I run in the, uh, well, yeah, I'm trying, my, my current running place is down the park beside my house, and it's basically like this huge park, and I run around it like a few times, and that equates to like 5k, but there is moments where there's like, there's bushes in it, and there's times there's no one there, but still a bit too risky. I'm all, like, my house is right beside it, so if I do need to go straight back up the road. Honestly, good. I think at one point I was closer to your house than mine. <laughs> Sounds Brother. like it I, I got to go um, because Bef- now we've talked yeah. about going to the loo. I need to go to the loo, but sorry. Before you, sorry, before you go, I'm just going to say this, and I don't know what way this is going to turn out, but the whole time your audio has sounded a little bit high. And what I mean is it sounds like you're a little bit like a helium balloon. Now, I don't know if the recording will sound like that, but I've enjoyed listening to you two octaves higher the entire time. Dan's going to have to work his magic on this. Uh <laughs> Uh, thanks for the heads up uh, but no i want to record the whole time with okay cool well that has we're doing the whole podcast again word for word word for word yeah we'll transcribe okay. it and we'll have it, it. <laughs> yeah no problem green screen all right partner aaron butler online on twitter aaron butler yep. instagram facebook yep. all that all, all, over. Thank, all over thanks very much